Ready to boost sales and grow your business without the BS? Welcome to the Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We'll be sharing actionable tips across marketing, sales, and growth without the BS to help you skyrocket your business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com. And today I'm joined by Michael Haynes. Michael is a SME business growth specialist. His focus and passion is empowering CEOs of service-based companies to acquire B2B clients and achieve the growth they seek through business innovation and sales. Michael, a very warm welcome to the show, sir. How's it going? I'm very well, thanks, Sam. Thanks for having me on the show. No worries, man. So looking forward to it. And we're going to be chatting through two, not one, but two low-cost and highly effective marketing strategies that every business needs to be implementing from today. So, Michael, let's let's not beat around the bush. Let's jump straight into it. What are these strategies and why do we need to be thinking about them? Uh, sure, Sam. So the, the two strategies that I believe every business, particular our group of SME, small and medium-sized businesses should be implementing are advocacy marketing and influencer marketing. And these are two strategies that when you're operating in the B2B context in which you're trying to get those business clients and customers, you really want to be in, uh, leveraging these strategies. Uh, the reason why, Sam, uh, for advocacy marketing, uh, first of all, we'll talk about and advocacy marketing is about sure. leveraging those that, uh, that your clients, uh, that your clients are raving fans that are really showing your business the love. It's really leveraging them uh, to help build and grow your business. Because in B2B, referrals is one of the key ways that business clients and customers, um, that how they go about seeking the products and services that they seek. Got it. So starting with adv- advocacy marketing, so we're we're talking about leveraging our existing customers, our existing clients, are we? Absolutely, absolutely. It's really about leveraging them to help promote your business. And there are two key ways you can do so: um, being referrals and uh, ref- and customer uh, references. So referrals is about getting uh, <clears throat> your clients and customers uh, to refer refer your business to you. And referrals is a key way, as I've said before, Sam, of how you can acquire clients and customers. Um, And this is about leveraging it through various ways. It could be through case studies. um, uh, Referrals can be through uh, uh, various ways. Um, And and you want to be, the key to doing so is to be making sure that you have a system for referral so it's easy for your clients to refer you. So that's really the key is having a referral process set up. Okay. And is there a process that you'd recommend, Michael, that we need to kind of be considering about? Are there some best practices um, rather than just jumping in saying we've got like 30 clients on the books, just sending them, pinging them all off an email saying, give me a give me a reference or give me a recommendation. I really want some more clients. Is there a, a strategy that's that's going to give us more success and ultimately send more customers our way? Yes. So great question, Sam. So it's really about making sure that you make you set it up and make it easy to uh, for your clients to refer. So you need to be uh, arming them with the right kinds of information. So first of all, you need to let those clients know what kinds of organizations you're looking for. 
What kinds okay. of uh, roles and titles are you looking for in the organization? So are you looking to reach out to CEOs, uh, operations managers, what have you? Uh, you want to be making sure that it's very clear what are the problems uh, and challenges that you help solve for the ideal kind of client and the kind of problems that you're solving. So making sure you're very clear on those three questions that you provide that information to those uh, customers that you want to refer. Okay. Um, also, you need to be making it sound easy to refer. So it's yeah. very important that you make it easy, uh, ideally with a preferred way that's going to be easy for those target groups uh, right. to refer to you. So it might be uh, setting up an online portal where they can be putting the details in. It might be via email where you want to set up some templates uh, whereby they can just easily populate um, the, the types of uh, the, the name, the types of organization, the rules, etc. cetera. Uh, it might be by phone. So making sure you provide the right kinds of information so they're clear on what to refer and making sure you use the right kind of channel and setting that up. Yeah. Um, Sam, as well, it's also very important that you also have a process for capturing those referrals and, okay. and make sure that there's follow-up. So it's good to designate within your teams to have a, a designated person as a coordinator. So, for example, with one of the clients, uh, one of my clients, when we're working to set this up, we had a marketing coordinator who was designated as kind of that central point of contact to capture those referrals, making sure they were being fed off to the sales team, also feeding back to those who referred to you to say thanks for the referrals as well, and making sure that there's there's follow-up communications with those uh, referees to making sure that the sales can do those initial contacts. Gotcha. And is there a best time, Michael, when we need to actually ask for the referral itself? Is there a, a specific point in time when it's it's going to be most effective rather than perhaps or maybe it is when we've perhaps just engaged with a customer and we've just literally won their business. They've maybe signed the contract, made the deposit. Is that the time? Do we have to wait until we've delivered the job? Is it partway through? Is is there an optimal time? Um, another great question, Sam. Uh, my recommendation has been that you want to... Um, I, uh, the time to act on to asking for referrals is at those points of delight. So within a project, if, for example, after you've hit a particular milestone. So again, using an example, one of my clients... Um, in an IT context, um, one particular client, they had a big transformation project and it was after one of the second key milestones um, because they were actually the second IT firm that had gone in with this organization. Right. Um, it was after that second milestone was achieved that they went and asked uh, for the referral. So picking at good junctures where you've delivered uh, some good outcomes, so at some key milestones and possibly at the end of the conclusion of the project, um, those times where there are points of delight where you've kind of gotten some significant accomplishments, some progress, are good times to do so. Uh, I don't recommend, uh, you know, the day after you've just signed the contract and saying, hey, <laughs> by the way, thanks for the work. Uh, thanks for giving us a contract now. Who can you refer to? So it's really about, yeah, being quite timely and trying to find those, what I call the points of delight, where you've hit some significant milestones or good times to try and reach out and ask for referrals. Yep, that makes sense. Okay, so hitting a point of delight. And then, like you mentioned, like you touched on, Michael, giving a clear idea of who the type of business or the type of perhaps job title that you do want them to refer. Um, yes. And then is that in the case of we need to kind of call them up and ask for them or do you send them an email? Do we send them a LinkedIn message? Is there any strategies that you found most effective in terms of actually the literally ask and uh, the channel that it's sent through? 
Um, yeah, so again, it, it's, it's all about making it easy to refer and trying to utilize what is best that's going to be easiest for those uh, for clients. So in some cases, it's about setting up an email, uh, a preformed template. So yep. literally, they're just putting in the information of, um, you know, in terms of the type of the organization, the title, um, you know, the uh, challenges that that particular company is looking to have solved. So making it easy. So, uh, so templated forms, either online, by email, often are really good so that it's easy to refer. So they don't really have to um, do a lot of thought. Well, what, you know, how should I construct the referral? It's like, oh, okay. Um, I've got a name of a company in mind. It's this organization, it's this title, MD, and the challenges they're looking to solve are X, Y, and Z. So it's very easy um, for that rep, for the referrer to, to make the referral on your behalf. Got it. Yeah. Just make it nice and easy. And how often should we be be asking for referrals? Is it just a case of every time we do a project or every time we're delivering a product um, with that specific customer, once, once, like you say, they hit a point of delight, once we know they're happy, we've done a great job, then we ask and we just make that a habit for each and every customer that we work with. We just put that into kind of our workflow as a, as a system that we follow. Um, yes, I mean, you definitely we want to be building that as a, as, as a system to be identifying those points of delight. But you can also do it very on a, on a softer level through your communications to your client and customer base, through your uh, emails and newsletters, for example, um, to at the end, you can say, you know, have like a PS at the end of, let's say, your monthly newsletter. Uh, you know, if you are aware of other companies who are experiencing challenges in X, Y and Z and give them a call to action. Uh, yeah. here, here's here's the call to action. Here's the contact point. So leveraging some of the contact, some of the information, uh, communication you have going out to your customer base is also a great way to be uh, incorporating, generating those referrals. And do you recommend, because I know some businesses, and we've done it in the past here at WebChoice, offer like a, some kind of kickback or commission or bonus. So for example, having a scheme whereby if, if you pass us a customer or you pass us a recommendation or an introduction um then we'll give you like a, a discount or we'll give you a bonus or we'll give you something off your next service or it's just the fact that we've delivered a really good service and we know they're happy is that enough to just say please can you intro someone you feel might be a good fit to help us out Great question, Sam. So in terms of the whole advocacy program, um, because <clears throat> referrals are one, the uh, second part is, is uh, customer references as well. Um, but you want to be providing incentive, but really incentives that are going to deliver value to those key um, customers, those advocates. And so as opposed to, yes, you could do financial, but far more now business leaders, CEOs, they're really looking for added value to help build and grow their business. So if you can provide them opportunities, let's say, for let's say uh, access to some of your executive forums and roundtables, um, opportunities perhaps to maybe come on board and have customer visits, um, uh, joint workshops, um, uh, free trials, co-creation of content. So you might be uh, hosting a summit and they may have the opportunity um, as a customer that shows you love to be able to spotlight and be on your podcast or be on your in-person or virtual summit. So those kinds of value ads that are really going to be helping your clients really is a far more impactful way to yep. um, kind of generate and, and provide rewards that's really going to build and grow your relationship and really further incentivize uh, those, those advocates to really be the ambassadors for your, your company. Now, I guess it makes your business more profitable as well, because instead of giving a discount or a chunk off the, the price, you're um, giving them something that's actually going to be genuinely useful for them. 
And at the same time, you're not cutting a, a slice off the, the rate or giving them something free. You're, giving, you're looking to, to what might be genuinely valuable and add 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 an extra layer to the service you're providing. So that makes sense. Um, okay. And is so we've talked about kind of when to ask for referrals, how to do it, how to capture them. Um, is there a good way or a good practice, Michael, in terms of actually following those up? So perhaps once we've got the referral to actually tackle it when we go to speak to the, the prospective customer that's been introed. Oh, yeah. Well, you definitely want to be making sure that you're managing uh, and you have, like I said, a coordinator who's really uh, managing. So, you know, leveraging your CRM systems. Um, and there are also um, some specific uh, customer advocacy uh, programs and softwares that you use so that you can be really managing those interactions that you're having with those uh, referees to make making sure that you're making those contacts and, and just trying to initiate those conversations. So having a central point of contact to be making sure that that, that nurturing and that follow-up is a occurring is quite important to me to make sure that those conversations and those interactions definitely take place sure and is it just a case of kind of simple follow-up just saying look thanks thanks for the intro popping them an email giving them a call um there's no there's nothing kind of more to it than that nothing over complicated and just tracking it in your CRM nothing apart from that we need to consider um, well, you, you definitely want to be tracking, but as always, when you're trying to do any form of, uh, you know, prospecting in a B2B context, uh, you know, where you can be really demonstrating um, how you're going to add, where you can add value in terms of by providing some insights, by providing what I call sense making. There's been yep. a lot of what I call, Sam, content vomit in the last year where people have just been spewing out lots of white papers and so forth. So senior leaders really now are looking for navigation of making sense of all of all of this content that we're getting from all the experts. So where you can, as part of that uh, outreach to, to get those conversations, where you can provide some insight, some sense making as to, did you know this is what's happening in your industry or these are the kinds mm. of things, here are two or three ways we may be able to help you. That's really gonna be helping in getting those conversations and really progressing the engagement uh, with those uh, uh, referrals that you've been given. Gotcha, gotcha, that would make sense. So. With these things all in mind, is there anything else that we need to consider on the references, on the referral side of things? Do we need to think about asking for testimonials and those kind of case studies as well before we jump into the next part of this? Yeah, so you, you, yes, uh, customer uh, references is another component of your advocacy program. And that can be things like case studies. That can be uh, things such as testimonials. Uh, it could be the opportunity for... Um, utilizing uh, current clients that prospects and active call to find out, well, what was it like to work with Sam? Um, so really leveraging those um, as part of your reference program. And all of those, Sam, should be very much defined based on your target customers that you're going after, what do activities they undertake as part of their buying decision process. So if they like to talk to previous clients, then that should be part of your reference program. If it's case studies, uh, video testimonials, then that should be uh, the components you're building in to those, uh, into your reference programs, customer visits. So really making it aligned to how your target buyers like to buy, that will really define, should define what your customer reference program is all about. Got it. And I don't want to spend too much time on it. In terms of actually asking for a reference or testimonial or case study, is it much the same as asking for a um, referral introduction? We just wait for a, perhaps another time. Perhaps we've, we've delighted them early in the project and then we've perhaps come later on to delivery and we know they're really happy because we've, we've got everything implemented well. And then we say, look, could you perhaps give us a testimonial or could we, could we do a little uh, Zoom interview with yourself? 
Um, yeah. any, any best practices in terms of kind of key questions that we should be asking that you found have been really effective with your um, your own customers or your own clients in terms of their testimonials? I, if you ask X, Y, Z, we know it's going to be a good reference rather than them just saying, look, Michael did a really good job. Um, yeah, great. So with respect to testimonials, uh, you really want to really try to have them demonstrate um, what was the experience it was like to work with you as a service provider and also start and giving and, and showing that that transformation. So what was the situation? Where were you, where were you at before started working with you, Sam? What was the mm. situation? What were our problems or challenges? Uh, how did you help us make that transformation? So what 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 activities were undertaken to take us from where you want to go from A to B, let's say it's, you know, um, increasing client uh, client spend. So where were we at before? What were some of the activities that were undertaken by that service provider? What was it like? And what was it, what was the outcome? So really taking them on that journey of before, what was undertaken and what was the outcome? Um, yeah. And then maybe a little bit about the experience of the engagement are really the components of what should go into a testimonial. Gotcha. So kind of before, during, after. So give yes. them a full snapshot of, kind of the problem they had, how you helped them overcome it, and I guess what life's like now. Yes, and, well, and, and where you can demonstrate, you know, what was the impact. And, and the more you can quantify that, you know, and, you know, increase customer spend, um, increase market share, profitability, where you can quantify that is all the better and even stronger. But, yeah, but it's really demonstrating that, that, that transformation and that impact. And, same would, and that same would apply if, it, if it's a customer call where they want to speak to uh, one of your uh, clients to understand the experience of working with you. Same principles apply. Good stuff. All right. So that's advocacy marketing. Moving on to number two of the strategy. Yeah. So we've got micro influencer marketing. So tell us a bit more about that, Michael. What does that actually mean? Let's Let's break it down a bit. Sure, uh, sure, Sam. So when we're talking about micro influencer marketing, not talking about the Kim Kardashians, you know, famous people. We're talking about within your <laughs> in your world. So you know, if you're in the biotech space, if um, whatever industry you're in, it's really about identifying the go-to's within your industry and the go-to's where your target buyers, so target decision makers. So who are they listening to? Uh, what are they watching? What are they reading? So you know, so what industry and professional associations are they going to and who are the ones that are writing the articles, the case studies, presenting at those events that are doing the industry uh, podcast uh, and blogs? So the go to that your target buyers are going to um, uh -huh. whether listening to, reading and watching them in your world. 99% of the world would have no clue who these people are, but within your industry, they're regarded as the go-tos. Those are the people that you want to be looking to identify and work yep. with uh, to help build and grow your business. Gotcha. Okay. So finding, kind of like you say, not the Kim Kardashian, but the industry leader or yes. such that you know that your target customers, your potential buyers, are going to be tuning into or engaged in makes sense so yeah. so examples of that sam would be mm. you're looking at your industry and professional associations for example so who are the ones that are presenting uh doing the webinars presenting at the big conferences be it virtual or in person um who are who are you know doing some of those feature articles in the publications who are the ones that are hosting those industry blogs and podcasts. Um, it, it's those sorts of people that you want to be looking to and identifying. So your industry and trade uh, association publications, your blogs, your podcasts are some key go-to 
two places, uh, those that are running the online groups and online communities within your industry who are heading those up. Those are the kinds of people and places you'll be looking to target those micro influencers. Got it. Got it. Any, any best practices in terms of honing those down? If we're completely new to this, Michael, and this is something we've, we've literally just heard of on this podcast now, are there any ways we can go about discovering these? Any perhaps strategies you've had success with? And I guess coming on this podcast is one of them for you. Yeah, yeah. So um, I would say really, uh, if you're new to it, is to identify and do a Google search to find out, you know, the industry association for your industry. So if you're in IT and you're, lo uh, and you're located in, in the UK, so uh, information technology associations, United Kingdom, or you might even go Information Technology Association, London. See what comes up as your industry and professional associations and start from going onto that website and looking to see, um, look for the events and seeing who's presenting at those events, if there are publications, who are doing some of the writing of the articles, uh, uh, longer pieces, and start from there. That's often a very good starting point. Got it. Okay. So we appreciate you've, you mentioned a few things like looking to get on industry specific um things like the blogs maybe some podcasts maybe some webinars maybe some kind of publications are there any ways in terms of actually making sure we reach out effectively um to these people because i imagine that depending on the industry we're in some of these things could be either very very niche and they might be quite easy to reach out to let's say the decision maker that controls the whether it's a podcast, in case that's just me you need to speak to, um, whether it's quite a, maybe a well-known blog, maybe it's a huge webinar. Any ways that you've had success with, Michael, in terms of actually reaching out to the people we need to talk to to get ourselves in front of these these customers that we want to be, I guess, showcasing our brand, showcasing our, our product that we know we talk, we're talking about and um, kind of building awareness of, of ourselves, our company? Uh, sure. Great question, Sam. Look, I'll be honest, it is going to take a bit of work. You need to do some research uh, so that you really can um, identify, uh, you, you, want, you, want to, you need to be doing research and understand well, what's the, how can you add value to them? So you really need to understand um, that particular industry and for that particular potential influencer, what are some of their key areas of focus? What are they trying to achieve? And how might you be able to add value to them and to their audience? Um, so it could be, uh, providing some insights to them. It could be looking at opportunities on how you might collaborate to create content, like getting together um, and doing a joint live stream show or, or writing an article together. So it's really about doing the research and understanding that influencer, what are they focusing on? What is their audience looking for? And then really showing how you can add value to their audience and to them. Got it. Okay, so taking the time to actually understand a bit more about what they're doing so if it was a podcast or a webinar or something, some kind of media, understanding who they are, who their audience is, how you can work together. And then I guess demonstrating that in your outreach, whether you call them, whether you send them a video message or whether you send them an email to show that you understand their world and how you want to be involved. And I guess that there's a win-win for both parties. Um, Absolutely. Do these tend and, and to be... I'd like to just ahead, point out... Sorry. No, you go ahead. 
Um, Sam, just I want to point just a couple things. Um, when we're talking with micro influencers, they're very much open and looking and keen to collaborate um, where there can be a mutual win-win situation. Because again, this is talking about micro influencers. So we're talking about, you know, often it's very niche within your industry. This is not, like I said, dealing with the Kardashians of the world. So when you're talking about subject matter specialists, very niche, they're very open and keen to working with others to help uh, mutually deliver value to their audiences to um, mutually gain additional exposure. So they're quite open and willing to work together, but you really have to demonstrate how you're going to be able to add value to them. It's a great point. Um, without going off on too much of a tangent, I can certainly vouch for this process as I've fairly recently, I suppose, I, I, I say that because we're fairly busy running web choice. And we're busy with this podcast. So from time to time, I've got a list of the top, I think it's 50 or 100 marketing podcasts that run. So every, I don't know, few weeks, I'll send a few cold emails to people that control these podcasts so I can basically speak on these. Why do I speak on them? I'm not doing it for fun. I'm doing it because my potential buyers are listening to these marketing podcasts. I can show that occasionally I know what, it, what I'm talking about when it comes to websites, SEO, digital marketing. And um, from that, over time, it builds up our brand, builds up my personal brand, and it Every now and then we'll get inbound inquiries for web choice. Likewise, I did a, a little webinar um, a while back, which was incredible. I've never seen results like this before, Michael. I got invited to this webinar um, just talking about, I think it was unusual ways to grow your business with marketing. And again, basically just shared some lesser known tips to, to grow your website leads and build conversions on your website. Before the webinar even finished, we had three inbound leads for our website and one person call us insane never seen results like that before that was that was from a webinar but it just shows these are all free strategies that you can do yourself you just got to do a little bit of research and the results are proven yes and you're absolutely right sam because you know right now um, business growth trying to build your business and understanding what are the roadmaps what are the options and ways of doing so is something that lots of business owners and leaders senior managers are looking for so when you can give some really innovative some really effective ways uh, of how to take action and demonstrate that through your content uh, through whatever forms that's really going to resonate uh, when you can help show what's the roadmap what's the pathway uh, for them to achieve their objectives, it's it's very impactful because that's really what leaders are looking for now is what's the roadmap, what's the way forward in this uncertain new norm that we're now in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I myself, and I'm sure some people, when they hear the word influencer, sometimes we think of kind of paid promotion as well. Um, so over the likes of Instagram, you've got quite a lot of influencers that are perhaps doing paid things for certain products and services whereby they'll get a, a, some kind of monetary reward for promoting something but all these strategies we've talked about now michael are they are they free in the sense that all you've got to invest is your time in terms of the research and connecting with the the right accreditation or blog or podcast or webinar and then spending your time to, to give that value when you do um engage so they all generally free of charge from your experience or some of them paid for um activities yeah. So great question, Sam. And, and again, this is B2B. And so very much it is about free. And I'm putting free in air quotes because it is really showing about how you're going to uh, really co-create to deliver value, to deliver business value. So mm. um, 
No, it's not about making monetary outcomes, but it's really about how are you going to really help that that influencer who could be, you know, a journalist, podcaster, someone in association, how you're going to help them and their audiences achieve their commercial objectives. So it's all about really delivering really tangible commercial value that's going to be actionable. Um, so, yeah. So, no, there's not necessarily the monetary investment, but you really have to invest that time and effort and really looking at how you can mutually co-create, innovate and deliver value for that influencer and their uh, target audience. Got it. Well, this this has been incredibly valuable, Michael, um, especially as micro-influencer part. So there's a lot of great takeaways here. Just before we wrap up, are there any further additions that myself, everyone tuning in needs to consider before we get stuck into asking our customers for recommendations, referrals, and then start hitting up micro-influencers in our industry where, where our customers are going to be hanging out? Um, sure. The one key point that underpins all of both your advocacy, influencer strategy, and any ultimately B2B strategy that you want to be doing is that you must be buyer driven. You must identify who are the target decision makers for your products and service category within your industry and really understand who they are what's important to them and how they buy. So do that listening, gain that understanding, and that will give you the basis for how you do your advocacy marketing, your micro influencer strategies and other strategies to drive growth within your business in a B2B context. Awesome, awesome. And on that note, Michael, please do tell us more about how we can learn from you, how we can connect with you and the best way to get in touch with your good self, sir. Sure. So the best way to uh, contact me, uh, well, contact me is two ways. One, I'm very active on LinkedIn, so you can look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, but really for all things B2B, about how to use business innovation, sales to be buyer driven, to drive growth, go to my website, listeninnovategrow.com, uh, where you'll find a whole raft of uh, articles, videos, testimonials, as well as an overview of some of the services uh, that my company provides. So listeninnovategrow.com. Brilliant stuff. And we'll put all of those links over on the show notes at businessgrowth.marketing. I want to thank you once again for coming on, Michael. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, Sam. It's been a pleasure. No worries. And if you enjoyed the show, be sure to hit subscribe to Business Growth Show, wherever the heck you get your podcast from. We interview business leaders each and every week to provide actionable marketing tips to help grow your business and grow your revenue. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com.